RecruitersLiveLounge.com, Episode 4. This episode is sponsored by Firefish. Firefish is a predictive recruitment sales and marketing platform that helps recruitment agencies attract, engage, and place more candidates with their clients. The SaaS solution incorporates an applicant tracking system, recruitment marketing, CRM, KPI reporting, and full website integration. Go to firefishsoftware.com forward slash rec live lounge and schedule your free demo today. RecruitersLiveLounge.com, where you get to hang out with the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. Hosted by Roy Ripper. Okay, welcome everyone to Recruiters Live Lounge, where you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. And I'm really, really stoked. I'm really excited with our guest today, Mr. Doug Bougie of Antal International Network. Let me tell you about this guy. I've known Doug for a number of years. And in fact, I'm not sure he'll remember this, but we actually shared an office. He was in an office next door to mine. And so I kind of grew up around that, uh, that, that familiar sort of Doug Bougie tone. But look, let me tell you why I think he's inspirational. This is a man who's worked in our glorious recruitment industry for over 30 years now. He's been responsible for opening up somewhere in the region of 600 plus recruitment franchise offices in over 50 countries throughout the world. And the teams that Doug's led have placed over 60,000 candidates, placed 60,000 candidates in jobs through the work that they've done. If there's one person in our industry that deserves some kind of lifetime achievement award, it's Doug Bougie. So Doug, how's it going? Well, you know, to sit here and listen to your you're being nominated. It, it's it's only you and me, Roy, right now. And to be nominated for some kind of lifetime award, I feel like I feel like Clint Eastwood at the Oscars or something. You know, they roll him in right at the end after he's been making movies for for forty years. They say, "Hey, Clint, we got to give you an Oscar." But I take it. I take it. I think it's a wonderful thing. I love the industry. I've been in it, as you say, three decades. Uh, I still love it. Uh, Antel's getting ready to open eight eight nine offices in March alone, all over the world, and. Uh, uh, I, you know, it's you're, you're lucky in life if you can find something you really like to do, you're good at, it gives you a lot of satisfaction. So, Doug, listen, I'm really, really excited to have you on this call with us today. Tell us something about the work that you guys do at Antal International Network. Well, let me put it in a nutshell. We are we work with both experienced businesses, recruitment businesses that generally operate in the mid range, so they can be placing newly qualified but very, very high performing, we call them rising stars, up to fairly senior executives. It's not uh, so far from the original MRI model, the company that bought my company, Humana. Right. It's, it's applying top-level service and executive search to that broad middle range of professional income, sure. increasingly even adding to it interims at that income, larger-scale projects. Uh, we train people to do that. If they're already in it, we can train them to do it a lot more productively. And if they've never been in it, we can teach them to build a business from ground zero. That's brilliant, Doug. Brilliant. And I, I know that throughout all of the companies, that 30 years experience, you've created, you know, or you've helped 
um, owners of recruitment businesses create very profitable recruitment businesses and do well financially for themselves and their families. So um, listen, I really want to tap into that experience today, Doug. I've got a whole heap of questions that I've always wanted to ask you. Are you ready for me to um, fire some of these questions at you? I'm ready. I'm in zero degree Cleveland, getting ready to come to London in a couple of weeks. So, you know, warm me up with your hot questions. <laughs> Fantastic. Doug, look, is that what's your favorite success quote? You know, um, different people kind of uh, talk about success or motivation. Is there one quote that you live your life by? Oh, I think I, you know, if I had to scratch my head because I've done a lot of speaking, I always try to come up with some pithy, uh, you know, motivational kinds of things. But I think one that's both funny and true, uh, and, and it's ascribed to Woody Allen, the comedian who's known in Europe, he says the secret to success in life is showing up. That's <laughs> you know, absolutely uh, true. Be in the moment. You know, just just be there and uh, and and hang in. And, and and sooner or later, if you're trying hard, you're going to win. Uh, I've always liked James Kahn's quote: uh, "Observe the masses and do the opposite." You know, don't always just go with the flow. You got to sure. stand back from the flow and see what's really going on. Those two that come to mind right away. I love both of them, Doug. And, and I remember James saying that as well. The um, observe the masses and, and, and if, the, if the fish are swimming one way, f swim in the exact opposite direction and find your way. Yeah, that's true um, in the stock market too. That's a lot of things in life you can go with that one. So true. So Doug, listen, look, we want to take our listeners and viewers on a journey here. And we know that behind every successful person, um, there's some adversity, you know, we've, we experience failures, we, we get knocked down, we get back up. What's your personal biggest failure in recruitment and how did you get past it? Um, I think that the, uh, you know, anybody who's in the arena fighting, and it's easy to talk about being in the arena fighting, but if you're really in it fighting to build a business or grow a business, you're going to inevitably have the bell curve take place. In other words, you're going to have some people who, for reasons known only to themselves mainly, you know, they're, they're, they're high performers and you're going to have people who perform in an average way and some people who just can't perform and they either fail or they struggle mightily. And I think that dealing with that is a lifetime. Dealing with the vicissitudes, the ups and downs that everybody achieves or doesn't achieve in building their own business is an ongoing both honor for me and burden for me. It's not any one thing that happened. It's just living in that world of business creation, development, sure, uh, sometimes splendid outcomes. I think something like 40 Morley Millionaires have come through the group that I started. Some of them have become amazing global players. But, you know, everybody doesn't have the same ability for this particular kind of business sure. it's not the right business for everybody and it's a difficult challenging business it's not just oh yes everybody it's pure fun it's like anything else you know candidates turn down jobs recruiters walk out of offices and start their own businesses sometimes cash gets short and the bank comes a calling there's all kinds of things that can happen and as a franchisor we deal with that burden as well as that victory that sure. people have we also deal with their problems and their pain sure. so uh that's a constant way i live every day never changes brilliant doug and listen tell me you know again anyone who's successful 
there's usually that eureka moment you know the light bulb goes on everything becomes clear talk to us about that moment for you and any takeaways that you got from it what were the lessons that you learned from that eureka moment well in my personal life i had one three days ago because my best friend in florida for the first time since the beginning of november i took any days off so this happens in sports with people when they're kids all the time it could be kicking a football or shooting a basketball or hitting a baseball or a cricket bat i had one on the golf course about four days ago i was only on the course three straight days and my friend said uh take it slow and keep those hands high <laughs> and i i did that because i've been playing golf since i was 12 and basically haven't changed my score since i was 12 but he said get those hands high and take it back slower than you ever have and i kicked everybody's butts i'm telling you i was like on fire and now i'm not going to forget that i it changed my game now what's an epiphany that i can think about for a franchise owner or for me uh that's been really game changing uh i have to say when you go into your own business be you a part of a franchise or you're a recruiter or manager and you've decided to go on your own sure the really really big day which is a day that has to be sustained it can't just be one day and it goes away yeah is the day you pass whatever you were earning for a corporation the day you have a month where you can take out with safety with reserve more money than you ever made before because you had the guts the courage and the, and, the, and the determination to go into your own business. That's a big day. It's being amongst the, the few who do rather than the many who talk about doing, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is a lot of that. And you know, you've been in the business. You know, you're a, you know, a, a mainstay of the business now. Everybody knows you. And you've seen a lot of things happen. And you've also seen a lot of people who, you know, can't walk the talk. But we don't, you know, the nice thing about our business is it is filled with dreamers and achievers and doers and triers. You know, there's a lot of baloney, too, that's slung around. But, you know, that's just endemic and part and parcel of people just trying to get ahead. You just got to look and separate the wheat from the chaff on these things. But it is, I think, a very optimistic industry. But, yeah, the people who make real money, and Tony Goodwin is one of them, you know, he knows how to stand back and say, okay, We've won all these awards. We've won a lot of them. I don't know of a company. We're about to win another one. I can't say what it is, but it's amazing. We got a whole room downstairs in the in the in the uh, in the headquarters filled with awards, and not just from recruitment, from Ernst and Young and from KPMG and sure. and, and, and Richard Branson and this and that, and and uh, London uh, uh, Chamber and everything else. And and you know you got to be able to step back from your own personal hype. And even what propels you, the things you tell yourself that you're going to win, you want yeah. to win, or maybe once you get more successful, the news articles, the interviews, and all these other things, step back and say, what is the business really earning? Yeah. What kind of cash am I generating? What's my pipeline look like? How stable are my people? Are they happy? Am I developing them? And I'm in, am I making a profit? Is it a sustainable profit? Yeah. Well, when you yeah. pull those things together and it's real, and you move from, I went into my own business and I gave it a try, to you actually get to a stable level above what you were earning. Nirvana. Yes, that's pretty thrilling. Brilliant, Doug, and thank you for sharing that with us. Doug, listen, on a personal level, what do you do, you know, consistently every day 
to drive the standards of our recruitment profession? What do you do within your business to drive those standards? We have this overall operating philosophy that we believe and we act on, and that is uh, sharing information, uh, sharing ideas, sharing pleasure and exaltation and sharing difficulty with one another across many, many dozens of nations and cultures. Sure. But the actual uh, uh, internal performance of the business operates like a corporate family. I'm not telling you it's all sweetness and light. Sure. I'm just telling you that we espouse, uh, do unto your neighbors you would have done unto you, uh, treat each other like you would a valued candidate or client, and treat clients and candidates, and particularly candidates that we don't immediately place, make sure we keep them on a high, we don't somehow uh, embarrass or degrade them, they're out trying to find good work. Let's just be commercially aggressive, try to expand our business, but let's also be kind and ethical. I love that. And we try to live that, and our people treat each other like that, and they treat the marketplace like that. I'm not telling you we're the saints coming riding in on white horses. I'm just saying that's what we try to do, and generally speaking, we do it that way. I love that, Doug. Thank you. Um, and Doug, listen, I'm going to ask you, uh, 30 years in our recruitment industry, you and I have seen an awful lot of change. If I had to ask you to look into your crystal ball of recruitment, how do you see the industry developing over the next, say, three to five years? Well, clearly, the emergence of it, particularly in permanent, the emergence of large combines, large in a highly developed and quality sense. And I ran one at Norman Broadwood. We had an outsourcing division. We, we had GE, Microsoft, and we were putting about 10,000 people a year permanent into blue chips. And they are very tough with what processes and procedures they want you to adhere to. Sure. It's tough to win the business, it's tough to fill the business, it's tough to keep the business. There's KPIs everywhere. Sure. Uh, I see the permanent industry to some degree going more and more that way where average, they could be above average people, but the average range of positions right now in the big middle are probably in sterling terms, but you could use euros or dollars, really. Yeah. 50 to about 150, 45 right. to about 175. There's going to be Still a role for the individual recruiter who sees a problem, identifies it, and solves a problem with one placement. No doubt about it. Yeah. Get it, fill it, solve that problem, find that person a wonderful job, everything should go well. But there's more and more of the let us take it all on. And it was a trend before. Now I see it as even accelerating. Yeah. Where a company will turn over large swaths, very large swaths, they did it before in contract. That's well established. Right. I'm talking perm, where it's a little bit more, they're going to be around. This is legal. They're not there six months and going and switching somewhere else sure. or maybe staying a year. These are people that we have to depend on as leaders, developers of other people. They're going to stay. They're going to be with us for years. But we're going to hire 4,000 of them around the world. That's a big thing. Yeah. And I think that... Uh, that's where it's going in a way. And the other thing that I see, which a lot of people fear, I, I, and, I, and I have a lot of trouble with this when I'm selling franchises because the uninitiated think 
the change that's occurring that's really going to, it's like the dissert mediation issue that cropped up when the uh, uh, internet first started to rise. Right. That, that human recruiters would not be needed as much. Our contribution to the process would diminish. Well, if anything, it's increased. Exactly. And I think that why is it increased is because so many, and this is a good lesson for general recruiters out there, so many people rely on the information that everybody can get on the internet. Name your source, LinkedIn, name it, Zing, yeah. anybody. And the, the, the anybody can get it, it's a question of uh, who do you not find in those so-called readily available spaces? Who do you find who is doing a great job and who needs some extra help and coaching and guidance? And how do you stay with that person over the years as their trusted advisor? Who do you? How do you develop a relationship with a company where they don't look at you as just someone who's uh, using gigantic nets offshore to catch as many tuna as they can? <laughs> and there's not really a lot of art or science to it other than the tuna net itself yeah. uh, being the Internet. What value are you adding about industry knowledge Who's doing well? Who's not doing well? What are the trends? Where are the really great people working? Why are some companies losing people? You become more of a consultant, and they value you because of what you know, not just because you can participate in the transactional process. No amount of Internet is ever going to teach a recruiter how to move beyond transactional. And, you know, that's why those that are that way and, and, and honing those skills will really stand out against the person who's just basically trolling for tuna. <laughs> it's the power of niche, isn't it? That's the takeaway I get from that, Doug. Um, you know, it's always been powerful, but I think as the market and the industry develops, I think those niche specialists, people that know just that bit more, in fact, a lot more than the average Joe working within that same field. You're absolutely right. These are going to be the power breakers. The guy, Jim Weber... He's an investor in Antal in Germany, but I sold him a franchise when he was in his early 20s. Now right. he's, hate to admit it, he's a good-looking 50. I stayed in his house yesterday. <laughs> all he does and all he's done for 20 years are heart devices, medical devices, only centering around the heart, right. making them, selling them, R&D, the whole industry. But that is it. And he's a walking, talking, complete expert on it. And he knows, and he makes... He bills about 100000 a month, but the interesting thing is he bills about half of that overseas, and uh, there's a big market in Germany. I think he does $400,000 a year in Germany from Coral Gables, Florida. That's respectable. That's 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 very respectable. Yes. And then, you're right. Niche is it. Niche Get is good at it. Get yeah. known. Participate. Writing, blogging, appearing at conferences. Uh, working the decision makers, they got to know who you are. The candidates have to know you, respect you, trust you, move on it. And and there's room for tens of thousands of people. The world economy is so big, can come in and do that. Yeah. But the people say, "What do you need? I can get anything you want." That day's over. Yeah, Doug. Listen, thank you for that. And now, what I'd like to do is move you into the lightning round. Um, Doug, listen. In your experience, thirty plus years, what's the number one thing? that you see holding recruiters back from becoming more successful? Two things. Classic, I think people take a lot of shortcuts and they don't talk to enough decision makers or candidates. Yeah. They just don't, even if they've got a lot of talent, they just aren't engaged with enough people to create 
pipelines that are thick enough so when things that go wrong and inevitably do, they don't fall over. Yeah. There's a lot of shortcutting done. Uh, uh, secondly, this is a funny one. This isn't something people would expect me to say. I think, as an industry, we're known as being very impolite. Uh, that we treat, if we, if we can't do an immediate transactional business with a company or candidate, particularly a candidate, yeah. it's just that you're not right for this, no response letter, no phone call, nothing, they're dropped. Yeah. And that turns into somebody who can harm your brand, that turns into somebody who can be a hiring authority down the world, or down the, down the road. Man, that is something our industry has to work on changing because it's yeah. self-destructive. Two great piece of advice there. Thank you, Doug. Um, given that advice, what's the best piece of advice that you've been given? Well, when I went to England, I was there 15 years. My mentor was Alan Schoenberg, the founder of MRI. Wow. Incredible Jewish man. And he always reminded me that the... Brit the Americans love a British accent. The more cut the accent, the better. <laughs> Americans will automatically ascribe an IQ of over 180 to someone uh, ordering blueberries on their pancakes at a restaurant because they think the person's a genius. <laughs> the best advice I ever got from Alan was go to England, go global, uh, learn to speak British, and think Yiddish when you come back, because I've taught you that, and there'll be nothing on earth that can stop you. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> Doug, listen, um, question number three, is there a piece of, I don't know, software or app or hack or anything that you use personally in your business that works brilliantly for you? Just anything. Well, we've got a, a website that enables, speaking of niche, enables companies or caddies to find the person in our organization no matter what country they're in. Because we have people in Egypt doing a lot of business in Africa and Europe. Wow. We have people in, uh, you name it, they work niches right. and don't work just their local area. So our website is a piece of, call it software, meet, mesh, meshes up someone who's working medical devices but the person making the call is in America and they find somebody in Germany that can do it it's a quick link up we like that that's uh, amazing yeah we like that that it helps the people with right needs get with the right people quickly and that's that's kind of what it backs up that whole inter-office referral scheme that MRI would have yeah. pioneered years ago yeah okay, it just makes amazing. it faster more user friendly I like that. I like that a lot. Doug, um, what's the best business book that you've read in the last uh, six months? Well, I read, interestingly enough, I do read them, but I read a lot of history and apply it to human behavior. So I'm currently reading the inside scoop on the days when Hitler was actually building his organization and very powerful, very young, and, and where a lot of the country was against him and he was just, uh, through various means, uh, pulling together the party that he needed to be able to turn Germany into the you know, terrible force it became. Yeah. Uh, I've, I'm in the midst of also reading uh, a historian called uh, Livy who wrote the 
uh, uh, early Rome about how Rome uh, beat the Egyptians, but eventually how uh, Rome eventually fell to the uh, uh, barbarians in, in Europe, the Germans and such, the, 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 that, that area. Yeah. And, I, and I like to read how people think, organize, negotiate, and plan from different eras and apply it to business. So I don't go out and read Anthony Robbins, for example. Sure. I just never do it. That's just me. <laughs> we you, can argue with success. You know, I like to read real stuff that happened. I saw the imitation game the other night. Right. With, uh, you know, did you see that yet? I haven't seen with, that uh, yet. The guy that uh, 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 built a computer to untangle the Enigma machine and save, they say, 15 million lives during the Second War. Okay. But who was eventually outed for being gay. Alan Turing, now, I think. His, his, it's an amazing movie, a British actor. Uh, and the power of things like that is there's a lot of applicability to, you know, Steve Jobs said it the other day, do not let others' voices drown out your inner voice. Yeah. You're always going to have people trying to drown out your inner voice. But when you read what people have actually done in history, and you read, even in modern business history, you you don't just blindly stay the course, but you realize you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to get knocked off course. But if you keep learning and growing and trying to keep your eyes forward, I have this conversation with people in business all the time. You'll have a better chance because most people do fall off somewhere along the way. Yeah. How many people do you know who have not are not in recruitment anymore? And some of them you knew along the way were incredibly talented, and they had their momentary, you know, flash of brilliance and and performance and then gotta stay with it it's yeah. not always easy and that's what i learned from reading history it's great um and actually i agree with you doug i think that um we can take more lessons from history than perhaps people's uh, you know almost uh, thinking okay well, i wonder whether this is a brand new theory or a brand new judgment i think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from uh, history and historical figures in the past. So thank you for sharing that, Doug. Look, I've got my final question in the um, in the in the quick fire round. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you still knew everything that you know, all of the experience that thirty plus years of, you know, recruitment plus your you know your political uh, experience that you had as well, but your business was not there tomorrow and you had to start all over again from scratch. What are the things that you would do? What are the first things that you would do? To reestablish a recruitment business to get back into the industry? Is that it, precisely what you're asking? Do you know what, Doug? I, I, do you know what? I'd love for you to say, yes, I would still be in the recruitment industry. Some people do and some people don't. I'd be really interested to know if you could wipe the slate clean uh, and you had an opportunity to just start up all over again, would it be a recruitment business? Would it be something else? Or if it was recruitment, what would you do differently or whatever? Well, one thing I can say to the industry, I don't know how many people will actually see this, and I appreciate the opportunity to do it with you. Thank you. But I think our industry is loaded with talent, ability to absorb information, communicate, put eyes together, ideas together, put programs together, get people to follow, uh, uh, and, and do something positive. Sure. And those talents are interchangeable. I spent a lot of time in my hometown, which is one of the reasons I choose to live in Cleveland, because a lot of what I've learned to do as a, uh, a builder, leader, manager in recruitment and in franchising is how do you change things for the better? And and how do you get people behind that? Yeah. So I do a lot of work with inner city schools, inner city theater, 
uh, mentally challenged. I do a lot of stuff and have my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I've done stuff in politics, which I think is the ultimate uh, example of that, as badly as many politicians, including a couple of years recently in the news, you know, are susceptible, uh, susceptible to being pushed <laughs> in some way. But the, 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 the other thing is, I think, that if I was to just say no and not stay completely in the public call it social civic sector, which I'm very heavy in now. Yeah. If I said, I'm going out again and forming a recruitment business, I'd go into an urban center. London's a little tough because it's so expensive. Sure. But there are other urban centers where the lower base we pay as an industry to get people started, and that's still largely true, Yeah. Uh, is geared more to a younger person who's a little bit more fearless, a little bit more the future is bright and it can't be stopped. Yeah. And this is a younger person's business when you're getting started. Yeah. I would try to get uh, funky, older, but still in a hip neighborhood office space. You know, get five, six, seven, eight, ten uh, men and wo- young men and women in it. Show them how to do it right. Show them how that they'd have a path to leadership to build their own teams. Sure. And just basically in the modern era, do it like we've always been doing. Show people how they can end up earning more than the executives they're placing inside of companies if they'll learn the program, put their own stamp on it, stay energetic about it, don't get down when you get your knockbacks, it's always going to happen, and drive that younger person's business through. I think I still have one shot left in me to do that. Hey, Doug, we'll listen. See. Yeah, listen, give me a call when you're ready to do that. I want to be one of those people with you. Um, <laughs> Doug, listen, we are coming to an end uh, of our time together, sadly. Um, But if you had one parting piece of advice for our viewers, what would it be? And also, just let us know, how can people get in touch with you after watching the show? Well, thank you for that. Um, I think that uh, I I would absolutely, and it sounds so simplistic, uh... But the golden rule doesn't hurt. There's two golden rules. Okay. You know, treat others as you'd want to be treated. Yeah. You can never go wrong with that. Yeah. And, but, you know, be aware, this is a pretty aggressive industry sometimes. So, uh, Will Rogers, a philosopher of the, I think he was in the 20s here, said, you know, screw me once, shame on you. Screw me twice, shame on me. Keep your eyes open. Be good to people. Don't go in negative. Don't go in cynical. Go in positive. But, you know, if, if you run into unethical people or people who treat you wrong, stay away from them. Yeah. Don't stay with them. Don't try to turn somebody into something they're not. As far as me, uh, Doug Bugy, uh, as in D-Bugy, no dots, at antal.com. We have a lot of fun, and we're really going places. I said we're opening up eight, nine offices in March in our space. We're the only licensor and, and, uh, you know, fresh to intermediate to senior recruitment. And uh, I like being in that space. I like being a force for good in that space. So uh, looking forward to, you know, seeing you around, Roy, and uh, talking to you about other things down the road. Doug, listen, I can't wait for that too. Um, Doug, listen, on behalf of everyone at Recruiters Live Lounge, I want to say a heartfelt thank you for joining us. It's been a really great insight into, you know, what's made you successful, um, but also into your journey. You know, that was the thing that 
a lot of people that don't know you won't know about that journey so thank you so much for that insight i've been really pleased to have you on the show thank you i appreciate it take care and to everyone that's watching um thank you for joining us in the recruiters live lounge to see more of these episodes to see more inspirational recruitment business leaders from across the planet please make sure that you subscribe until i see you again take care bye bye you've been listening to recruiters live lounge with roy ripper join us next time for more insights and incredible success journeys to help you be a better recruitment business leader This episode is sponsored by Firefish. Firefish is a predictive recruitment sales and marketing platform that helps recruitment agencies attract, engage, and place more candidates with their clients. The SaaS solution incorporates an applicant tracking system, recruitment marketing, CRM, KPI reporting, and full website integration. Go to firefishsoftware.com forward slash rec live lounge and schedule your free demo today.